0: This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Well, we're talking about the name of Jesus again tonight. If you got your Bible, go with me to John 14. I, I highly encourage you, get, get in the Bible. Get in the Word, whether that's on your iPad, your phone, or just to go old-fashioned like I do and bring your Bible. Just get in the Word of God. You've heard me say this numerous times. You get in the Word, God will get into you. You you start reading the Word, God will begin to transform your mind. You will begin to sense things in your life beginning to change just because the Word of God. Now we're going to be in John 14, John 15, and John 16 real quick here tonight. Let's begin John 14, verse 14. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I will do it. Now, i got to be very careful with that right there because I cannot get out of balance with the Scriptures. In other words, the Scriptures have boundaries around them. And as long as I stay within the boundaries of the Scripture, my life is going to be very well. And so when he says this here, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. This was not written for God to fulfill you and me's selfish desires. A lot of times when we hear stuff like that, we're like, hey, hey, anything I ask, turn a page, John 15, verse 7. Now, I'm just going to talk here uh, on these chapters, and these are some of the hindrances, I believe, that will bog down the use of the name of Jesus in every one of our lives. John 15, I encourage you to read the whole passage starting in verse 1, but I'm just going to read verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you now i used to really really get excited about the, the the very thought that you know i can ask what my desires are and god's going to give them to me and and that's what that verse said at the end of that verse but a lot of times we avoid or don't do the first part of that verse And if I don't do the first part of that verse, I've gotten out of the boundaries of the Scripture again. I've gotten out of balance of the Scripture. So what was the charge there that Jesus said? He said, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, then and only then will you ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. So the word abide there to me, is a word that it literally means to remain in or to continue in. I like to look at the word abide means to be committed. To be committed to Jesus and to be committed to the word as if it was a marriage union. Now, when you see the word abide, that doesn't mean at all that it's a part-time proposition. And a lot of times when you look at our society you see the fruit of part-time commitment. But when he talked about his here, that, that to bite in him, it means every day I'm to be committed to Jesus and I'm to be committed to the Word of God. See, being a Christian and being committed are synonymous. They go hand in hand. To be a Christian, i got to be committed. Jesus is, is above everything, and then I live by His Word. So if I was to come out there right now and say, how committed are you? Some of you may reply, well, kind of. Well, you can't be kind of committed. That's kind of asking, or asking a pregnant lady, how pregnant are you? Well, kind of. No, you either are or you aren't. And aren't you glad that Jesus wasn't kind of committed or a little committed? Jesus himself said, I'm all in to the point, I'm going to die for you. But once again, when you hear what he says there, when I live in the boundaries of that passage right there, and I'm committed to Jesus, and I'm committed to his word, then I can ask what I desire, and it'll be done to me. Now, what that abiding and that commitment does to me, it puts a knowing on the inside of me. And we're going to find out about a knowing. Turn over. One more chapter. John 16. Look with me in verse 23. And in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Now you hear this repeated over and over and over again. But there's a little nugget right there in verse 3 that very interesting that we get a hold of this, especially when it pertains to prayer or even in the, the area of Jesus' name. How did he say to ask? He said, ask the Father. In my name. To be biblical, when I go before the Lord in prayer and I'm asking Him for something, I am to say, Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Now, if we miss just that little bit of an ingredient right there, it can get us out of balance with the scriptures. It's like if you're making cookies, and not a lot that I make cookies, I've seen Shelly do it. But I'm smart enough to realize that if you leave out one little ingredient, those things can go from thinking they're going to be delicious to straight to the trash can. This is the same way here that I can't can't miss the little things that Jesus highlights in there. So I'm to come to the Father in Jesus' name and I'm to ask him. And look at verse 24. Until now you've asked nothing in my name. The reason for that, he was talking to his disciples And they had always been with him. But he said, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Now, the word ask there signifies that they're praying. Listen real, real close here to what the Greek word for ask means. It means to demand. It means to demand. Now, the demanding that he's talking about, I believe more and more is that it's where I can come to the Lord with the boldness and with the confidence. Where I I don't go in there and, man, I'm wishy-washy and think, well, I hope he hears me today. No, I come in there when I know he's going to answer me and hear me, and I come in with the boldness and I come in with the confidence because he said, if I ask the Father in Jesus' name, he's going to do it. Let me give you an illustration of Scripture. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. In Acts 3, starting in verse 1, the apostle Peter and John went up to the temple at the night hour to pray. And, and as they came up there, there was a lame man who was laid at the gate, beautiful every day, and he would ask alms, or he said to them, you got any spare change? And Peter looked at him and said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Now, in a sense there, Peter Peter commanded or demanded him to walk. But when Peter spoke that, you sensed that there was an aroma of him of confident and bold. You know why? He knew when he spoke in the name of Jesus, something was going to happen. That's the place me and you have got to get to in our life. That when we ask, we know he hears us. That it's not that, man, I ask and then I knock on wood. Or I cross my fingers and, man, I hope this works. No, we can come to him with confidence and with boldness in the name of Jesus. I don't believe the name of Jesus is watered down. I believe it's still the the same power and authority in that name. Go way, way back to the back part of the, the New Testament to 1 John chapter 5. Actually, yeah, go to 1 John 5. Let's hit that first. 1 John 5. Way back there. If you've gone to Revelations, you've gone too far. 1 John chapter 5. So you begin to see there's areas in my life that that I can cause hindrances to the name of Jesus. That if I don't abide in him, man, you use the name, it's not going to do nothing. Or if I don't ask the Father in Jesus' name, those become little hindrances. But pick up here in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. Now, this is the confidence, the boldness that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. There's some nuggets in there i got to get a hold of. Once again, this will show you The balance of the word of God or the boundaries of the word of God. The first thing he addresses here is this. Now then we we can have the confidence we have in him if we ask anything. How many of you want to get to a place in your life where you know when you pray you got confidence? Man, I want you know what confidence is? It's knowing. When I ask the Father in Jesus' name, something's gonna happen. And so the nugget right here in this verse. Wasn't just to ask him in Jesus' name, but he said that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. How do I know that I'm in his will? Get in his word. You want to know God's will? It's God's word. God tells us everything in His Bible. In in the Bible, what His will is. So that verse could very easily be read that if we ask anything according to his word, he'll hear us. A lot of times we don't do that. We experience a disappointment when we deviate from the word of God at all. In the name of Jesus. I ask the Father, but also I got to ask according to the word of God. Now this, this is a powerful way to use the name of Jesus and to pray. That I ask the Father in Jesus' name, and then it's very good, I believe, when you come out and say, Father God, I'm asking you in Jesus' name, and according to verse, and you put the verse in and it's as if you're telling Father God, Lord, I see your will right here, I see your word, and I'm asking you according to the word of God. So an illustration of that would be that I would come to the Lord and I said, Father God, I ask you in the name of Jesus, and I thank you right now, according to Psalms 127.2, that you promised me your beloved sweet and peaceful sleep. And so right now, I ask you tonight to bless me with peace and sweet sleep. So you know what I've just done? I've stayed in the boundaries or the perimeters of the word of God. And what does the word of God do for me? The Word of God is going to put confidence in me. The Word of God is going to put a faith in me because, you know what? God said it. I know that I'm in His perfect will. Verse 15, same chapter. And if we know, now I want you to hold on to that thought right there. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions That we have asked of Him. Now what would it be like to go to Father God and to pray and to have that knowing? You talk about your faith soaring. And He tells us right here, we can have that. We can come to a place in our lives where we know when we pray that He hears us. This is important that every one of us get a hold of this today. And, and when we do get a hold of this, we won't experience, dis, experience disappointments. You come to the Lord in the name of Jesus. You find that scripture. And when, when time you study the scriptures, what do the scriptures do for you? Well, according to Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when you start hearing the word of God on those scriptures, guess what? Not only is there faith that starts residing in your heart, there comes a knowing. You get to the place where you know, where you say, when I pray, something's going to happen. When we believe God, something's going to happen. He's going to move in this area. Now, you're real close. Go back just a book to, to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. And I can have a confidence. Where's my confidence come? From the Word of God. It'll bring a boldness upon every one of us. We're going to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. So the key here is the name of Jesus is still powerful as it has ever been. We've just got to stay within the boundaries of the Scripture. And when you stay in the boundaries, of, he's, he's going to bless you, He's going to move in your life. James 1, verse 6. But let him ask in faith. Now there's you another gold mine. He didn't say for me and you just to ask Him. He said for me to ask Him in faith. What would faith be? That when I ask Him, I believe that I receive. How many of you have ever prayed and you've asked God to do something and, and you knew He's not going to do it? It was just like you were, you were throwing dice out there. like, man, I hope this hits on what I'm needing it to. No, I, I, I'm not going to operate that way. When I come to God and I ask Him, or I pray to Him in the name of Jesus, I must ask Him in faith. What is my faith based on? The Word of God. When I find out what the Word of God is, I know that's His will. And so when I know the will of God, I can come boldly and confidently because I know. I know. A nugget. So we ask right here, let Him ask in faith with no doubting. What would doubting be? Just the opposite of faith. You know, one of the definitions of faith, according to Mark eleven twenty three, 23, is believe you receive. When I pray, I must get over to the place where I say, Father God, I believe I receive. I believe that you're going to do exactly what I prayed. goes on here. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the sea. If you think about the ways of the sea, they're never stable, ever. Up and down, up and down, up and down. He's likening us to that, and he's telling us, don't get that way." Verse 7, for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. So if I come to the Lord, and I have just the hint of doubt, or I have the thought of, I really hope this works. What did he just say? Don't suppose you're going to receive anything. But a lot of times when we've come and we've asked God to do something in our life, and it doesn't happen because of our lack of faith like he's talking about, we stomp our feet, we get mad at God. God never answers my prayers. Well, have you ever had a thought that you could be the problem? See, it's a lot easier to to blame God. It's a lot easier to blame other people. Just go to Genesis, and you'll see what, uh, what uh, uh, Adam did with Eve. It's that woman you gave me. It's that, you know, And so we have those abilities. But right here, he's given us some, some written word to help us out. And he ends in verse 8. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Who is? The man who doubts, the man who does not ask in faith. What's a, a double-minded man? He believes on Monday. He doubts on Tuesday. A double-minded man is one who gets up early in the morning and prays and believes he, he receives, but by noon time, he's already changed. See, I can't do that. So, what's the basis of me holding on to what I've prayed about? Well, number one, I can trust Jesus. I can trust that name. But number two, God said that his word never changes. It's forever settled in heaven. So I get in agreement with that word of God, and day after day after day, I thank him and I begin to speak it. Remember what the Lord said there in Mark eleven twenty three. He said, Whosoever will say to this mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea. What are you saying to the mountain right now? Who is it's bad. We're never going to make it. Or am I speaking to the mountain what the Word of God said? Every one of us in here right now probably have some form of mountain in our life. Let me ask you, what are you speaking to it? Do you speak the Word to it? Just keep speaking the things that, of God. You know, the word "Rama" means the spoken word. Speak the Word out of your mouth. Proverbs 18.22 says, Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Start speaking to it. And keep speaking to it. And keep speaking to it. And keep your mouth from speaking negative or saying stuff like, it's never going to work. Never going to work. Keep in line with the Word of God. Only say what God's Word said. Oh, pastor, that's hard. I know, I've been there. I've been there. But I'm going to speak the Word of God. Let's take the rest of the evening here, and let me give you some examples, biblically, of exactly what we're talking about. Go to the book of Mark, chapter 5. Mark, chapter 5. Find a promise in the Bible. Get it in your heart. Ask the Father in Jesus' name to do it, and then hang on to it. Hang on to it. What do you mean hang on to it? Have what I call bulldog faith. You latch on that stuff, and you don't let go. It doesn't matter what's going on. You keep a hold of that. Just keep speaking the word. Keep speaking the word. Just thank him. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. My prayers are available. You know, that's in James 5. It says the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much or benefits much. Just keep praying. Just keep standing on the word. Mark 5, verse 25. There was a certain woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years. She had hemorrhaging over 4,000 days in a row. And had suffered many things from many physicians. You know what that means? She was going to the doctors, and they must have really been cutting on her, doing a lot. Keep reading. And she had spent all that she had. So not only had they carved on her body, now she's broke. She doesn't have nothing. Look how verse 26 ends. And she was no better, but rather grew worse. Verse 27. And when she heard about Jesus, what do you think she heard about Jesus? He was a thief? No. She heard about Jesus that he was a healer. And she heard about Jesus that he's the one who's doing all these miracles. So once again, according to Romans ten seventeen, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. A close attention to verse 28. For she said, if only I may touch the hem of his clothes, I shall be made well. I will know. She had a sense of knowing in her. So if you look at what she began to say, out of her mouth, she spoke not only what Jesus would do for her, she spoke the very desire. Remember there that he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you you desire and it'll be done unto you. She spoke out of her mouth what she desired. She knew that Jesus would heal her. Verse 29, immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing himself, that power had gone out of him, turned to the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Now, every time I read that, I I get this sense right here, that here's Jesus and he's strolling through the crowd and everybody there knows who he is. They know he's the healer, he's the one who works miracles. And all of a sudden, Jesus himself sits virtue or power that went out of him. Now, here's a couple of questions. Did nobody else that day touch Jesus? Oh, I think all kinds of people were bumping into him. Number two, was this woman the only person there that needed to be healed that day? No. There was beaucoups of them there, I believe this. But Jesus himself, it said, he perceived or knew that power had gone out of him. You know what happened? There was a woman who had that sense of knowing and had that sense of confidence and that sense of boldness that said, when I yank on the hem of his garment, I shall be made well. He doesn't change to this day. The key is we start understanding that Jesus still heals. That his name is still powerful. But being you, we can have that same confidence and boldness she had. Now look at the last verse there in verse 34. And Jesus said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. What was her faith the result of? She heard about Jesus. She spoke the desired result out of her mouth. But also, she had that sense of, I know, like we read in First John 5.15. I know, I know, I know. And, and I look at it this way, that when she saw Jesus strolling in the town, she started saying, when I touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made well. When I touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made well. And any time I've read this in Jewish commentary, he was literally mobbed with people. And I believe to a certain degree, this, this woman, who I don't know how big she was, but I believe she was moving people. She was on a a beeline to him and is like, no one's going to stop me from getting what he can do for me. The sense of, I know, I know, I know. And any time you have people, according to Mark 16, that lay hands on you for sickness, I believe it's important that you have this thought in your mind. I know, I know. This is what he's going to do. How do I know? Because the B-I-B-L-E tells me so. Turn just a couple pages. Mark 10. Mark chapter 10. Every time I read this, I don't know if this does this to you, but when I read these passages, I will sense faith just rise in me. I will just sense it start rising up on the inside of me. And I always go back to this. If he did that for them, he'll do that for me. He'll do that for you. How do you know that? Acts 10, 34. Peter said, I perceive God's no respecter of persons. And he's not. He just looks for faith. Now, hold on to the thought that Jesus said to the woman with issue and blood. Daughter, thy faith. It's interesting to me that her faith tapped into his power. Man, we can do the same thing. Mark 10. Pick up with me, verse 46. Now they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples, and a great multitude... Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard it was Jesus, what do you think he had heard about Jesus? This dude heals. This is the same guy who who turned the water into wine. This is the guy that the demons freak out and they run. They jump off into pigs. So when he heard about Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, this was a confidence. Here he is sitting there in a boldness, and he hears it's Jesus, and he starts crying out, Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on me. Now, look what the people around him do in verse 48. Then many, not a few, but many warned him to be quiet. Shut up, dude. What's wrong with you? But look what he does. Be quiet. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. He knew Jesus was the healer. Verse 49. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise. He's calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and he came to Jesus. That's important we come to Jesus. Just come to it. That's that's part of humility. You know what pride does? Pride says, I'm not going down there. Pride says, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to repent. Pride says, I don't need people to lay hands on me. Pride says, da, 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 you know. It's, it's It's a sense of arrogance. But this guy had the robe of humility. He was like, man, I'm coming to Jesus. Today's my day. Verse 51, so Jesus answered him and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? Have you ever read that and wondered, why did Jesus say that? Duh, it's pretty obvious. He doesn't have a head cold, he can't see. But Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? In other words, you ask me. You give me permission. You be very specific what you want me to do for you. And so look what he says. The blind man replied, Rabboni or teacher, that I may receive my sight. So he tells or he asks Jesus exactly what he needed. Now, remember the woman with issue blood in Matthew or Mark 5, 28. It said, she, she said out of her own mouth, When I touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made well. She became very specific. This guy becomes very specific. Can we become very specific in our prayer life? We can, and we should. I think Jesus eats it up. Because when I read this passage here, when the guy gets specific and says, that that you heal my eyesight, Jesus didn't rebuke him. How many of you have ever gone to to buy a vehicle? And you go out on the the, the car lot and the salesman comes up and he says, what are you looking for? And you said, a vehicle. And they said, well, what kind? Well, just a vehicle. Well, do you want a pickup? Do you want a car? You want an SUV? Do you want a van? Do you want a station wagon? I just want a vehicle. What color do you want? I just want a vehicle. You don't want red? You don't want blue? You don't want yellow? You don't want... No, I just want a vehicle. He would probably pick you up and get you out of there. So when we go to get a vehicle, every one of us in this room, we got a pretty good idea what we want. When I go to look for a vehicle... And I know I want to pick up. I'm not going to go and look at a little Volkswagen convertible. Why? Well, I'm specific about it. And I got a pretty good idea that my money is this area, and so I know what I can and can't get, so I can be specific up to that. But when it comes to asking Jesus, well, you know, just heal me if you want to, Jesus. No, he, he wants us to be specific so the guy gets specific. Now look how this ends. And he says, Rabboni, that my, my, I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. What was this guy's faith made up of? He heard that it was Jesus and he knew Jesus is the healer. And then he voiced, he asked out of his mouth and said, Jesus, I want to be healed. He had a knowing. He had a knowing. I still believe to this day that when we we soak ourselves, we marinate ourselves in the Word of God, and then we go in there and we ask, and we've got Scripture, that God will move. He will move. And I can give you illustration after illustration in my life how I've prayed that, I've believed that, and I've stood on that. And some of it hadn't come overnight, but just because things didn't come overnight doesn't mean it's not working. I mean, how many of you put some little seeds in your garden back in April and the next day you went out there and you had big old red tomatoes on there? Not. It didn't happen. It's a good thought. But you know what? You kept watering them. How many have ever spoken to your tomatoes? I speak to them all the time. My grandma told me, you take a broom and you slap them around and they'll pollinate themselves. I'd speak to them and I'd slap them around and man, i have big tomatoes. But even with the things of God, when thons, things don't happen on my time, it doesn't work, it doesn't, it's not working, Pastor. I prayed for two straight days. Well, get rid of that microwave mentality. Keep abiding, keep abiding, keep abiding, keep speaking. And just get in agreement and start saying, I thank you, Father God, that my sleep is sweet and peaceful. And when you crawl in bed and you walk that night, you get up the next day and speak the word of God. Because a lot of times the issue is not the word of God. The issue is you doubt the word of God. And so the more I speak the word of God, the more faith's going to come and the more faith's going to come. I'm going to have confidence, I'm going to have boldness, and I'm going to have a knowing. So once again, most of us, when we start out praying, we don't have the faith to receive, but it's a lot easier to punt on the Word of God and say, God, you're not doing nothing. God saying, I'm doing something. Stupid, I mean. So we got to hang on to the Word of God. Get a hold of it, and then get that knowing that when you come in there, man, I, God's going to move today. God's going to move today. Things are beginning to happen. Don't give up. No matter what the circumstances, what I feel or see, the Word of God is working mightily in me. So you know what? I don't go by what I see. And I don't go by what I feel. I go by what the Word of God says. Well, Pastor, I didn't sleep at all last night. And you told me Psalm 127 too. You told me Proverbs 3.24. You told me Psalm 4 and 8. They all tell me that I can have sweet and peaceful sleep. So what do you tell me? God lied? <laughs> God didn't lie. i got to get my faith over there. And just like blind Bartimaeus and the woman with the issue of blood, remember what he said? Your faith made you well. Ooh, we better stand up. Or you guys may do, be doing a funeral. Mine. Father God, we love you tonight. Ooh, we thank you, Lord, thank you, thank you that your word's true. Thank you that there is power in the name of Jesus. And Lord, put in our hearts just the desire to abide with you, Lord Jesus, to live with you, and to live with the word of God. And Lord, I pray right now that you are stirring up faith within ones in this very room right now. And we ask you to begin to move. And Father God, we we pray. We pray that that... Faith arises when we ask in your name. And Lord, I pray that that the word of God, it moves out any doubt, and and there becomes that sense of knowing. Now bless the people of God. Stir up faith within us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Listen, let let me give you a little nugget before I let you go here. Anytime you come up here and ask me for prayer and I say to you what, are you, what are you believing for? You know what I'm doing? I'm just locating your faith. Because I realize this, if you come up there and, and, and you don't have any faith for God to heal you, and I don't mean this ugly, it's just laying, laying empty hands on empty heads. But when you come up and I say, and, and many of you had me say this, I'll say, what's going to happen when I lay hands on you? I don't know. We've got to get some more faith in you, okay? We'll release that. So once I get the Word of God, and I, I get that knowing. Now understand, I'm not against praying for people, but I, I don't want people to get disappointed because we've deviated from the Word of God or we don't have faith. And so you've got to get to the place where you don't want, when you have faith and you know it, you march right up here and you say, you lay hands on us tonight, Pastor, and something's going to happen. And It will. It will. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.